What is going on, guys? And welcome to the Mountain Podcast. So happy that you are with us. We have a very special treat for you today. It's a sermon by Dr. David Lim, and he is talking all about a new relationship, a better understanding of the relationship we are supposed to have with God. It's an incredible sermon. I was there for it. I w- it really rocked my world and really challenged me in a lot of ways in how I approach Jesus. So I really hope you guys enjoy this as much as I did. So I'll stop doing the talking and let Dr. Lim take it from here. I want to share with you a couple of Greek words that could revolutionize your thinking. It's revolutionized my thinking. I want to talk to you about the son and the father's relationship. And the two words are, I don't know if you can get that up. Uh, Yeah, you got it. Hey, that's terrific. All right, the first word is huios. Okay, it should be an I instead of an L there. Huios. Can you say that with me? Huios. And then the second word is technos. Technos. Okay. I'm going to share with you concerning our relationship with the Father will affect that it leads to our life and our ministry. This is a a, a ministry theory. It's a philosophy for our life. It's so important. I want you to turn to John chapter 5, verse 19, please. We're going to be looking at a number of scriptures because I'm laying some very critical foundation here for us. In John chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, The Son of Man can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Okay, when you study the Gospel of John, and I have preached on the Gospel of John many times, but only in the last three years did I really hit home on a key area of the Gospel of John, and that is the word Father. Do you know in the Gospel of John, the word Father, referring to God the Father, is reused over a hundred times? That will transform your understanding of the Gospel of John. For example, in John chapter 5 itself, this chapter, 15 times Jesus refers to his relationship to the Father. In John chapter 14 to 16, the last 24 hours of Jesus' life and ministry before Calvary, the word Father is used 41 times. So you understand that close relationship with the Father is very, very important. And you're going to discover that John uses the word huios for Jesus alone, no one else. He is the only begotten son of the father. Now, I want you to go to Paul's writing. I want you to go to Romans chapter 8, please. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. You may want to mark these down because this is, this is revolutionary when we fully understand it. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Move on down to verse 28 and 29. And we know that in all things, God works for the good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers 
and sisters. Okay, three points I want to share with you, and I want to hit it and hit it hard for you. Number one, grasp your amazing relationship with the Father. Grasp your amazing relationship with Jesus Christ. The first thing we can do, ministry is going to be built on our relationship with God. It's not even how much you go to Bible college or seminary or how much you study. It's built on your relationship with, with Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Praise God. You see, in the Gospel of John, only Jesus is huios. He is the only begotten Son of God. Every other word reference to us is technos. We are the children of God, and we are only children of God because of Jesus Christ. We find our identity in him. You see, in John chapter 3, verse 16, and you can all quote it, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten huios, his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And then in John 1.12, backing up two chapters, John says, as many as received him, as many as believed on his name, to them gave he power to become the technos, the sons of God. So we are only technos until we relate to Jesus Christ. You understand that? In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So we come through Jesus Christ, and John is exalting who God is. So we find our identity in Christ. We find our hope in Christ. In First John, he says, we, it does not appear what we shall be like, but we know that when we see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, okay? And then we have eternal life now. In First John 5, 12, he says, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. He makes it very clear everything that we have is in Jesus Christ. You see, our life and our victory is in Jesus Christ. It's not in your personal success or your personal failures. Do you understand that? You know, every day I find out how human I am. Every day. You know, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> Who was it? That Notre Dame professor in the movie, Rudy? Did you see the movie, Rudy? You know, he says, in all my years of teaching theology, I've learned two things. One, there's a God. And two, I'm not him. <laughs> Boy, have I learned that second one. <laughs> I'm really not even, I make mistakes and terrible mistakes every day. But uh, we have eternal life. That means we are winners. We are winners and our whole life is wrapped in Jesus Christ. So we need to take time to relish and, and immerse ourselves in the love of God and our relationship with God. That's where we get our strength. That's where we get our motivation. That's where we get our hope. Everything is built on that relationship. Number two. Number two. Relationship leads to walk. Relationship leads to walk. That's our second major point. Relationship leads to our walk. Now, Paul the Apostle, now, he, he comes at it from a different angle. You see, John uses the word huios to refer to the unique, only begotten Son of God. But now Paul says, 
We are the weas of God. Every time Paul talks about us, he says, you are sons. You are adult sons. Ah, he's beginning to say, hey, enjoy who you are. You see, when a Jewish boy grows up, he doesn't become recognized as a huias until he goes through his bar mitzvah usually at the age of 13. At that age, the, the child becomes a son of the law. He is responsible. He has privileges, but he also has responsibilities. Now, Paul will also talk about the amazing grace of God, the amazing love of God, the uh, outstanding power of God. But Paul's a thrust and his approach is, if we are sons, we are gonna walk in the spirit of God. We're gonna be led by the spirit of God. In fact, if you read the book of Galatians, the book of Galatians, study it. It's powerful. It's powerful. Dr. Gordon Fee is probably the world's renowned scholar on the book of Galatians. He says most of the previous scholars have missed the point. And I've sat under Dr. Fee, and you should read what he says about it, and you will understand this. Most people, as they comment on the scholars, as they comment on the book of Galatians, say the theme is the just shall live by faith, that we're saved by grace. And he says, no. And he proves it. And he says, the theme of Galatians is how justified people live by the Spirit of God. In other words, if you are justified by faith, you're going to walk in the Spirit. You're going to develop the fruit of the Spirit. You're going to be led by the Spirit of God. You're going to work towards unity. You're going to do these kinds of things because the Spirit of God leads you to do those things. From Galatians 3 on, you see, Galatians 1 and 2, he's talking about personal life. He's talking about how he came to know the Lord and the revelation he got in Christ. But from chapter 3 on, 17 times you see the word spirit, the Holy Spirit. 17 times you have the verb walk. If you live in the spirit, you're going to walk in the spirit. You are a man of the spirit. You're a woman of the spirit. If you are born again, the Holy Spirit dwells within you. Somebody say amen. So every believer has the Holy Spirit doing a work in their lives, and it has to do with our walk. If we walk in the spirit, we will not follow the lusts of the flesh. We will not... um, We will not uh, become a a burden to other people, but rather we will bear fruit and we will bear one another's burdens. So here Paul the Apostle says, relationship leads to walk. Do you follow that? Okay, so first of all, John, huios, only he is the huios. We are nothing apart from our relationship to the only begotten Son of God. For Paul, he uses the word huios and says, you are an adult child of God. You know, you hear teenagers sometimes say, Dad, Mom, you don't trust me. Well, I want you to know, King of Kings and Lord of Lords says to you, I trust you. I trust you with my name. I trust you with my gospel. I trust you with my message. And we are to, now we are the weas of God. We are the children of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, with that foundation, you thought I was finished with my sermon, right? Okay, with that foundation, I'm leading to the three main points. (laughs) Okay. All right. The walk, all right, relationship, Uh, grasp the amazing relationship with God. Relationship leads to walk. Walk leads to our calling. 
Our walk leads to our calling. I'm working mentally, spiritually on another sermon right now. That God's commands are not meant to be legalistic, but God's commands are his strategies. Do you think God just makes up all kinds of commands? Just so, You know, I, I, I want to put red lights in your life. I want to stop you at every turn. I want to tell you I, I, I'm so jealous for my own goals that you have to do. No. When God gives a command, it's for our good. And it's for shaping us and developing us for his glory and for his honor. It's not merely commands, but they are strategies. Now, I'm not going to preach that sermon today because I haven't developed it yet. But I, I can point out scripture after scripture from Old Testament, even from the Ten Commandments, onto the New Testament. And I want to show you an example of that in the New Testament. All right. Now, I've discovered there are three things about our walk that are crucial crucial to our understanding of our calling in Christ. Our covering, he shows us our calling through the covering. Now in Asia, we know a lot more about covering. Over here, we don't talk a lot about covering. I want to talk to you about spiritual covering. Through covering, through suffering, and through the church. These three elements God uses to shape us for the calling that God has for our lives. Let's talk about through our covering, first of all. I want to talk to you on very practical terms. You know, too often we've taken the passage in Ephesians 5 in, in, a, in a kind of a legalistic way. You know, uh, husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit. You know, men love that verse. Wives, submit. Especially with emphasis on submit. <laughs> All right. And, and if you don't, you're not following the Bible. Well, I, I believe there's a, a strategy here about parents and children. So I want to focus on the parents and children, not the husbands and wives today, okay? It talks about parents being a covering for their children. You see, we are a spiritual covering, we who are parents, we are a spiritual covering for our children. That's why in Ephesians 6.4, he says, do not provoke your children to wrath, okay, but nurture them, train them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord because you don't want your kids running out of your covering uh, and you want them to stay under that covering because under that covering they can grow, they can learn. The devil cannot then attack the children. The devil cannot then attack the parents. Okay, so, so being that covering helps develop the children to be who they can be before God. Now, at the same time, it says to the children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, God isn't just trying to uh, save the parents from heartache and headache when he says children obey, because this is where as children stay under that covering, they learn authority and leadership. They learn how to work through communication and conflict, because if you don't know submission, you don't know leadership. Because leadership has to come through submission. And when kids begin to rebel and they move outside of that covering, then they lose that understanding of true authority and learning how to work through communication problems and conflict problems. You following me? 
Okay, this is so, so very practical. These are, are, are strategic things for us. Now, you may say, but I come from a dysfunctional family. Boy, I feel for you. You know, my, my, one of my daughters teaches at an at-risk school. And I want to tell you, I'm, I'm in pain over what's happening in America today. I, I see a, a, a lot of little kids who grow up in homes where the parents have no business even being parents. They don't even care. They, they just uh, shovel them off to school or shovel them off somewhere else, and they don't really care. But the, the guideline for the kids is learn what you can. Learn to try to build those bridges. Keep the right attitude. Keep the right spirit. Learn about authority and leadership. And if you can maintain the right spirit through that, you're going to become great in the kingdom of God. In fact, some of the greatest leaders I know have come from dysfunctional families because they have grown through that. They've learned to forgive. They've learned to, to understand communication. They've learned not to get bitter over those things. So the guideline there is, is so, so very important for us. And then if, as they stay under the covering, then they, they have covering from the enemy as well. You know, a lot of people don't have that covering. When I was pastoring, my wife and I were pastoring in San Francisco. We really felt so sad. You know, most, most Chinese that came over, they, they may have had a different religious background, but really most of them when they came over, they became materialists. We want to make money. And so they didn't have time for their kids. One time we took some children, some young people, some teenagers to a youth convention. Three days later we came back and the mother said, oh, were you gone? And I had kids tell me, boy, I wish my mom and dad would tell me no sometimes. You see, your children need you. Your children need to know that you love them and that you care for them because that builds self-esteem in them. One time, my, one of my young uh, daughters said to me, Dad, who do you love more, mom or us? And I said, no question. No question. I love your mom more. You're saying, oh, that's terrible. You should love all equally. Nonsense. My children need to know they're not going to use psychology to twist me and her around. You got it? And my children need to know that mom and dad are secure in their love for each other, and they'll keep loving each other no matter what. And that when I love her more and she loves me more, that we'll always be there for them. You, you understand? Okay, so, so the, the laws, you know, where husbands uh, love your wives. Well, women need love. That's their number one need. That draws the best out of the woman. So men, if you're here, keep on loving her and tell her you love her a hundred times a day. And when she says stop it, you say, uh, she really means keep coming. <laughs> keep telling me how much you love me. Keep showing how much you love me. And, and the, the man's number one need is respect. And if you want to draw the best out of the, the man, you're going to show respect. You know, some of you women say, oh, I just want to love my husband. Well, show, well never mind. This is getting into hot, <laughs> this is getting into hot territory here. You see, we need covering. That's for another day, another sermon. But I, I saw how God began offering covering for me and my calling all the way from before I was born. 
My father came over from China, and he was desperately trying to find work. He was a Chinese herb doctor, but he didn't have work there. And, and a Chinese pastor in Berkeley, California, befriended him. And he said, you know, when I have kids, I want my kids to go to Sunday school. My dad, as far as I know, never gave his heart to the Lord. But you see, God was watching over my life even before I was born. He was preparing me and my brother. There are four of us brothers. Two of us are in the ministry. Uh, two of us are, in fact, my brother Steve and myself, if you add our ministry lives together, we're over a century old. Oh, God have mercy. Uh, all right, uh, 52 years for me and slightly less for him, but over 100 years of ministry together, but God was watching over, and, and, and that covering is so important. I, I share with my classes, I share with, my, uh, with pastors everywhere, I share that, you know, I pray over my wife, I cover you with the love of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. I'm the spiritual gateway to the family, and no enemy can attack unless he comes through me first because I want to be her covering. I want to be her covering. And she prays the armor of God over us, the helmet of salvation. And we, we cover each other. You know, this last week I saw an article, Rick Warren, you know, pastor of the great church down there in Saddleback. He and his wife were discussing uh, marriage and ministry. And they came to the conclusion that the more you love your spouse, the more she embraces your ministry. Ah. You see, when my wife and my children know that they're secure in my love, they're going to embrace what we do for the kingdom of God. Do you, do you understand? It works that way. We need to cover one another. That's why my children, even though they have not been near to us for many, many years, they support us in our ministry uh, uh, emotionally, socially, spiritually. They, they believe in what God is doing because they're secure in that loving. We, we cover each other. Have you noticed? I, you may not realize this, but my wife is a covering for me. What if she came to church every Sunday? What if she came with uh, upside down watermelon, you know? <laughs> then you, and then you heard me preach. And you look at her. And you hear me. And you look at her. And you say, good night. You know, she doesn't even believe a word he says, you know? <laughs> So she's a covering. When you see her smile, when she, she's happy in the Lord, you know that uh, there's some truth to whatever I'm sharing. We need a covering for each other in every area of our ministry. It took me a long time in my ministry, years and years in my ministry, before I realized how much I need that covering. I need the covering from my family. I need the covering from my pastoral team. I need the covering from my leaders. I need the covering from the congregation. We cover each other in Jesus Christ. And then we're fighting a good spiritual warfare because we are under cover. We are under authority. And as we are under that cover, then the devil cannot attack because we have that shield of protection over every one of our lives. Okay? The second word here is, is this. is through suffering. In Romans chapter 8, verse 17, Romans chapter 8, verse 17, we already read that. 
He says, now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we may share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory, share in his sufferings. I've discovered that the ingredient in our walk with the Lord as we stay under covering, as we stay under the covering, that God shapes us more in our suffering than in our success. He shapes our lives through that time of suffering. God positions us through the valleys. How many of you have learned more from God in the valley than you have on the mountaintop? Okay, he positions us through the valley, through failure, through pressure, through opposition, and he, he's positioning us, he's shaping us through those failures. Here's Moses, 120 years. First 40 years, he thought he was somebody. Second 40 years in the desert, he knew he was nobody. The third 40 years, he learned what God could do with a nobody. He learned what God could do with a nobody. You know... I've shared with you many, well, before I talk about myself, there's Ruth in the Bible. Ruth, she loses her husband. She's a Moabitess. She's married a Jewish guy, and he dies in Moab. And the logic is that she stays in Moab and finds another Moabite man to marry because that's more a uh, 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 reasonable, more high percentage possibility because if she goes into Palestine, it's not likely she's going to find anybody. But she hears from God. She says to Naomi, where you go, I will go. Uh, your God will be my God. And she follows Naomi into almost nothingness, not even knowing what may happen. She may be a slave the rest of her life. And God and his sovereignty watches over her. She becomes the wife of Boaz, and she becomes in the line of the Messiah. Incredible. God pushes us to this point sometimes of nothing in order to use us. I've shared with you many times the, the failures, the crucifixions I've been through in my ministry. At least 10 major crucifixions. You know, now I can thank God for them, but I don't want to go through those again. But it got to the point where I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would just laugh because crying didn't help anymore. Do you understand? And I didn't realize it, but God was in a process of making me and molding me. Then I read a book by Jim Collins, great leadership expert you know he talks about level five leaders executive leaders you know level one a man with talent level two some leadership ability and so on but level five leadership he studied it across the world and he discovered there were two qualities of level five leadership number one was deep humility and number two was fierce commitment to the cause well, God had to drive me to the point of nothingness. God had to drive me to the point of, man, I, I don't pray for humility, friends. It's, when you've been wiped out as many times as I have, you realize, hey, there's nothing you can boast about. And then God can use you. Wow. Covering, suffering, suffering. 
The third element here, through the church. Okay, covering, suffering, through the church. You see, God's positioning you. Could you look at someone right now and say, God is positioning you? Hallelujah. God is positioning you. And I say that to every one of you because everyone is not only saved, every one of you has a calling. A calling before God. They're not the same calling, but they are God's holy calling upon your life through the church. In Romans chapter 8, verse 37, Paul says something that sometimes we don't notice very carefully. It says, we are more than conquerors. It doesn't say, I am more than conquer. Did you get the difference? We're an army together. We win together. It's the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against her. Then you move over to the book of Ephesians and it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Don't make a we issue into an I issue. It's not me fighting all these battles together. It's not I wrestle against flesh and blood. It's we wrestle together against flesh and blood. And when we fight together, we win. We win powerfully for the glory of God. You see, the Bible says, all right, so, so, and in fact, in the armor of God, he says all of you, basically, he's using plurals and plural verbs in here. It's not, I put on the helmet of salvation. I put on the uh, uh, breastplate of righteousness. I put on the belt of truth. No, no, no. All of you put on the helmet of salvation. All of you put on the breastplate of righteousness. All of you take on the shield of faith because together we're going to win victory after victory after victory for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You see in Ephesians 4, he says, we are here in the church to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and to build up the body of Christ. It's a we thing. God's plan is through the church. And we are the church of Jesus Christ. I want to say, I want to thank ICLV for being what it is. You have been my wife and my spiritual covering all of this time. And, and, and even our ministry into Asia, a lot of it has developed because of our, our being part of the umbrella of ICLV. This next, uh, in a couple of months' time, we're going to be going into Asia. And my big focus in going to Asia I'm not focusing on the big crowd. Yeah, I'll be preaching at some key churches in, in Singapore, but really my focus is on training leaders. We're going to be going into Kathmandu, Nepal. Probably over 100 leaders from Bhutan, which is resistant to even letting preachers in. They'll be coming out from Nepal, from India, probably about 100 people together, pastors learning. Then after that, it will be Myanmar. You know it as Burma. And, uh, and we'll be training there in Yangon, probably 75 to 100 leaders there. And then after that, possibly East Asia. And I can't tell you too much detail. We're still in process there of key leadership there. Even though we may be training 20 or 30 leaders, they probably represent 50,000 believers at least. 
and then and then it will be um, Vietnam, Vietnam. We're working with the leaders, with the churches that are there. And then it will be Jakarta, Indonesia. And we're working with the leaders there. And I'm saying, oh, God, what a privilege. But if I didn't have a covering like ICLV, where would I be? Where could I touch? Where could I touch Asia for the cause of Jesus Christ? The prayer covering, the encouragement, the mutual encouragement. I want you to know something, friends. You are limited. You are a company limited. I should have LTD after my name, David Lim Limited. But you know, when we work together, when we work together, we are not limited. We are, we are powerful for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. My weakness is compensated for by your strength. <laughs> this is so good. This is so important. You see, it all starts with relationship with God. Relationship with God. Okay, relationship with Jesus Christ. Dwell in it. Take time in your devotions just to wait on the Lord. Love the Lord. Praise the Lord. Enjoy the glory of God in your life. That's the most important thing you can do. You try to minister apart from Jesus Christ, you're, you're not ministering Jesus Christ. You need to enjoy, drink in, drink from the river. There's a lot of living water there. And then know that it leads to your walk as you relate to God, the huias. You are now a huias of God. You are now an adult child of God. We are the children of God, led by the Spirit of God. And we grow in the Spirit of God. Because in that walk, as you are learning to walk together, God is positioning you for your calling. How's that for a life-changing message? I began to understand, God, all of these commands are there for a reason. You want to use us to our fullest potential. Some of you may say, but I'm divorced, but I went through heartbreak, or my son's rebellious, or whatever. I want you to know, you keep walking faithfully before God, and God's positioning you, and God's using you. To stay under God's covering. Learn to grow through that suffering. And then understand, we are the church of Jesus Christ. And we will fulfill God's will and God's purpose in and for our lives. The divine relationship with God to become the children of God. Dwell on that. Walk in the spirit. Exercise that walk. And then the walk positions us to touch our world for Jesus Christ. My friend... If we will grasp these truths, you'll never be the same again. Well, that is going to do it for us today here on the Mountain Podcast. We really hope you enjoyed this special message from Dr. David Lim. If you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe, rate, review. We want to hear your feedback. We want you guys to be a part of this awesome podcast as well. We got a discussion coming up all about families. That's with Samuel and myself. So make sure that you subscribe. That way you get a notification when to download and listen. It's super simple on how that stuff works. In the meantime, my name is Donovan and we will talk to you guys very, very soon.